Thank you very much, Kelly Robinson, and good morning, everybody. Good morning to you. It's hot, hot across Texas right now, and uh, and pretty dry, too, so be careful while you're out there. Be careful for yourself. Be careful for your pets and your, your family and your plants. Take care. We are here to talk about your landscape, your garden, your uh, lawn, maybe looking ahead toward fall landscaping. It's just a couple of months until you can get some big projects underway. Let's make some plans for those. Give me a call, won't you, please, if I can help you with anything that's going on currently, current events, things you're seeing that are disturbing to you, or if you just want to plan for what would be some good ideas to do in the fall, we can talk about that. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and he is answering the phones. I'm live here in the middle of July, the Ides of July. Give me a call, toll-free, 888 888- Two five six ten eighty. I'll be here for the next almost one hour. Let's talk about the plants at your place. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We're broadcasting live to Amarillo and and the Panhandle, also to Corpus Christi and and South Texas and Victoria, Bryan College Station area and Crockett in East Texas. We go to the Piney Woods, Alpine out in the Big Bend country. Oh, it's fun to get all across the state of Texas. 30-some stations carry this program, and I hope if you are interested in gardening, gardening that you will be so motivated to give us a call. Let's, uh, let's talk about your plants. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I don't do pastures. Don't call and ask about your pastures because that would be better for your county extension office. Uh, not my specialty. Um, so, and I'm not much into urban chickens. That's uh, also a, a question for them. But anything for plants around your home, around your landscape, your vegetable garden, your house plants, those are things maybe I can help with. I hope so. I'd like to try. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Uh, let's uh, talk about some things that... Uh, uh, are of importance to gardeners uh, across the whole state. Things kind of even out at this time of year. Everybody's hot, everybody's dry, and so uh, it's a little easier to do the program in the summer than it is in the fall when parts of the state are cold and parts of the state are not cold. So uh, I think I'll get my first break out of the way, and then we'll see what uh, what we get in the way of phone calls. So 888-256-1080. If you can hear me, you can call me right now, live. I promise we're live. 888-256-1080. I'm not aware of any of the stations delay broadcasting this. Now, if you're listening on a podcast on my off my website, that would not be live, but otherwise we are live. 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening might be the only gardening reference book that you will need to be successful here in Texas. I self-published this book because I didn't have to I didn't want to have to work with committees. At, uh, at a publisher. I had done that on five other books, and I, no, not again, can't do that. These are people who are not gardeners. They don't understand gardening. They, they understand cutting the bottom line so that the company can make more money. And I have no problem with that. That makes a lot of sense, but I don't want it to be on my book. I want my book to have the information that I know people need to have in front of them to be successful in gardening. 
And uh, so I thought if I, if I self-publish, number one, I get to choose my own editor, Carolyn Skies, who I wanted. And number two, I wanted my own graphic designer, Cindy Smith. The three of us had worked on a lot of projects together, and it had always worked out beautifully. And uh, by golly, I, I got both of them. They were both eager to work on this book. And so for a year, we worked and put this book together, 344 pages, it's a hardback on high-quality paper with 840 of my photos. Thank you, Cindy Smith, for getting all of that in, and Carolyn Skye for editing my work and, and helping me make it as clear and easy to read as possibly could be. I'm really grateful. So that's that's what you get with Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. This is not the book with the cowboy boots, and this is not a later edition of that at all. It's totally different. If you have that, I appreciate that. That's great. It was last touched back in the very early 1990s. This book is a quarter century more up to date. Eleven chapters covering lawn. Well, I'll tell you what they cover. The chapter one is the basics of gardening. Chapter two is a calendar, a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect month by month, four pages per month of what needs to be done in that month. Chapters three through 11 cover trees, shrubs, Vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Everything is in this book. Now, your satisfaction with the book is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny that you spend on the book. book is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. You buy it directly from my website or by calling my office Monday through Friday business hours. I'll sign your copy as, it, uh, as you buy it. And I pack them, and then we take them to the mailbox. Simple as that, to the post office. So here are the ways you can order. You call my office Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW. That's 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it directly from my website right now. And that is neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, only thirty-six ninety-five. almost forgot the price. That is a bargain for a hardback with that much information and in color, high-quality paper. Again, it's neilsperry.com. Why pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own your own genuine Mueller building? You've seen the Mueller uh, uh, showrooms around the state. There are 36 of them around the state of Texas. You've driven past several of them probably as you travel Texas. These are great places to do business. You need to get into one next time you're out and about. Make a special journey to it. Mueller's Backyard Buildings are sold there, and they are easy to assemble, affordable, and they offer a permanent uh, storage solution right in your own backyard. They have a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose. Their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller's Standard Series Buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. So from workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered, bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, to get a free color, uh, customized building estimate. While you're there, click on the color selector tool to make choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. 
To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. They're fabulous. They're Mueller. Mueller Steel Buildings for Permanent Storage. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Yeah, please go ahead. Let's fill up those lines at 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. This is a good time. Please don't call at a quarter or 12 and say, oh, I never can get through. This is the time to call, 888-256-1080. Uh, I want to remind you that this is the anniversary every year about this time that chinch bugs move into town. If you have St. Augustine or even Zoysia, but especially St. Augustine, they are likely to make their appearance. And I'm going to tell you how to recognize their presence. I remember a year ago, it uh, it turned hot and dry, very hot and very dry right about now. And a lot of people said, oh, my lawn just burned up when it turned hot and dry. It just burned up. And they were convinced it was the heat and the drought that uh, that that suddenly hit in July last year that killed St. Augustine. And in reality, that was not the problem. It was chinch bugs. Now, the heat didn't do any good, but they were watering, and St. Augustine can handle the heat. It handled 1980 and survived that. Uh, so it, it wasn't just the heat. It was also the chinch bugs. Uh, if you water St. Augustine that looks dry, we'll talk about what it looks like when it's dry, if you water it and it doesn't respond, you need to do a double check very quickly to see if you have chinch bugs there. Uh, they will always come back to the same part of your yard. If you say, okay, right out there in the center over there, uh, over there by uh, uh, that area, that's where they were last year. Well, you know they're going to be there this year. The lawn will appear dry. You will water, and uh, it won't help. The lawn will still look dry the next morning. And that, that's your best indication that you have chinch bugs. You go out, get down on your hands and knees, you part the grass and look at the, look at the ground, look at the, right around the runners. And if you have chinch bugs, they will look like fleas running around on a dog's back. They will be black, about the size of BBs. They're not the size of fleas, they're bigger. But they'll, they'll be black, uh, all over except for white diamonds on their wings. One diamond per chinch bug. And, uh, they'll be moving around very freely. Uh, there will be little red uh, attendants to them, little smaller uh, uh, insects there with them. Those are the nymphs of the chinch bugs. If you see that, those are the ones you're trying to control. They will not be in the dead grass. They'll be out around the edge of the dead grass. They're, they're not going to be sucking on dead grass. They'll be sucking on the live grass as they expand their area of influence. There are several uh, insecticides that are labeled for control of chinch bugs. Your hardware store, your feed store, your nursery can show you those. But that's chinch bugs, and you need to treat probably just one time per year. There's no preventive. You wait till you see it. But as soon as you learn what, what their early damage looks like, you will recognize it from that point on the rest of your life. So that's what chinch bugs do, and they will kill big areas of St. Augustine. There are people still convinced that it was the drought last year or the heat that my lawn burned up. It didn't burn up. It got sucked to death by chinch bugs. That's St. Augustine. It'll always be in full sun, the hottest, sunniest part of your yard, often out by the curb, for example. We have Marie in Sweetwater. Marie, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? 
Good morning. Um, I have, and they were here when I bought the house, I have Brazos rain lilies in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what would be the best time of year. Should I wait until fall to try to dig them up and kind of spread them out through the yard? Or would that be better in spring? Well, I would do it in the fall, and I'd do it, obviously, when the foliage has all died back and the tops have all died by all the flowers. It doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. They, they bloom. They do no. everything in a hurry. Have you considered saving seed from them after they bloom? I would not know how to go about that. They set little uh, uh, capsules on tops of the stalks, do they not? I hadn't looked that close, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't not, think it, I'm just beginning to try to grow flowers. So yeah, I don't think you'll have to look uh, really closely uh, because uh, there will be there will be pods that'll or, or capsules that'll be fairly conspicuous. And what you want to do is just leave. Is that those what in they place. turn purplish, kind of pinkish purple? Well, it depends on the on the species. I don't know on yours, okay. but but just watch. They normally would turn tan and and then dry and and pop open. You don't want to let them pop open. But uh, but look at the uh, look at the plants after they bloom, and you should see a little capsule that will form, and uh, watch that for a few days. In the meanwhile, what I would do is uh, I am certainly not the world expert on rain lilies. Uh, Greg Grant probably is um, in East Texas. Uh, there are several people who have spent a, a, a big part of their lifetime uh, learning about rain lilies and collecting and growing them. And uh, Greg is that for a lot of different plants. He's he's fabulous. He's a good friend, and he's just fabulous, a good plant man. But I would uh, I, I would do some research online uh, of uh, native rain lilies in Texas. You'll find several species, and you'll find a lot of good information on them. And then I'd delve a little deeper into collecting seed and and planting the seed and getting them started that's the way nature does it and that's probably going to be an easier way to propagate them than than dividing them i would think okay great information i appreciate it you'll find a lot of stuff online there are some growers there are some growers who uh, offer dozens of uh, species and varieties of them well i actually had a very hard time identifying what these were Mm -hmm. and I actually came across a picture of them on the Texas State Park website, and that's how I figured out what they were. Good. Well, and you'll find you'll find some other websites that will be even more definitive, probably that specialize just in rain lilies, the different genera of rain lilies, and uh, you'll bookmark those and go back to them pretty often because they're a wonderful group of plants. They were blooming in in our home county. Uh, two or three days ago after a rain. They're just fascinating. Yeah, that's amazing how fast they just pop up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck with them. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marie, very much. Take <laughs> care. That's fun that it happens in uh, in Sweetwater. That's great. All right. That line is open now. Give me a call, won't you? Please see how easy that is. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Fertilome Greenmaker, it's time for another application of fertilizer to keep your lawn healthy and lush through the summer. There's a premium lawn food from our friends at Fertilome. This is a Texas-based company, by the way. I think that's important for you to know. Right along the Red River in Bonham. 
It's uh, called Fertilome Green Maker. It's a slow-release lawn food specially formulated for alkaline soils where pH is a factor affecting the intensity of the greening. Now, I'll tell you also that if you're in East Texas listening, Fertilome has some great products for you as well, so don't feel left out at all. But for the 80% of Texas that is alkaline, Greenmaker has an 1806 analysis plus Fertilome's special blend of five essential micronutrients. It's called Greenmaker for a reason. It includes 10% sulfur, which helps correct excessive soil alkalinity, and 5% iron, which makes your lawn green. Fertilome Greenmaker is for use on all types of lawns. Make sure you water it in after you apply it and then sit back and watch your lawn green up. Ask for it by name. It's Fertilome Greenmaker found only at your local, independently owned garden centers and nurseries and feed stores all over Texas. Fertilome Greenmaker, made in Texas for Texas lawns. That's Fertilome Greenmaker 1806 analysis. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And indeed, we have a couple of open lines. Love to hear from you right now. If you have a diagnostic question, you want some help with a an oddball uh, problem you're having, give me a call. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. I, uh, during that break, was looking at... Uh, uh, I just uh, entered rain lilies uh, in a search engine, and and a couple of uh, familiar websites came up. One was Southern Bulb Company, and uh, Chris has seven or eight different uh, varieties, species and varieties, and uh, he has some very nice ones. He's based in Texas, so those are uh, ones that are native to Texas. And then I looked up uh, another match was Plant Delights in North Carolina, and when you see their name crop up on a match of any kind of perennials, you want to see what they have to offer. And true to their form, oh, my goodness gracious, they have, uh, it's, it's Plant Delights Nursery. And uh, they have, uh, oh, they have several dozen, Zephyranthes and Hybranthus primarily. And somebody Somebody somewhere has been doing a huge amount of breeding work on, on these, and uh, they're wonderful. I'm just glancing through what they've written. They have, uh, they have a lot of information on their website as well. But then down at the bottom, they give you the option to click to see, where was that? I don't see it at the bottom of the page uh, on Plant Delights, Rain Lilies, somewhere in here says click to see uh, the use in the juniper level botanic garden is, is a standalone garden that they have uh, that they are, are doing and uh, oh my gosh the rain lilies that they have used there the photos of all the different types that they have it's just incredible so anyway you might take a look at that plant delights uh, nursery in north carolina and uh, look up rain lilies there all right, let's uh, go back to the phone lines. Lines are filled right now. Thank you for that. Let's go to Ron in, is it New Elm? Is that right? New Elm? Yes, sir. How can I help you? Yes, I read in your book uh, on, the, on the plum tree diseases about bacterial stem canker, and it, it says it's mainly on small branches and, and uh, 
stuff like that. But mine is on on the main trunk itself. It's, it's oozing quite a bit of sap. Is that still the bacterial stem canker? Yeah, and that's not a good sign, Ron. I I lost a Mexican plum to that, and there just isn't much that you can do to turn that around. I don't think you're you're sure welcome to look on the plant pathology websites from universities, but I don't think there's much you can do. I hate that, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm afraid that's what that is. So, well, the, is the tree probably fixing to be on its way out? I mine was. I tried. I tried various. Uh, sprays and nothing nothing could help it it was gone within a year like i say it was a mexican plum the native one and i've seen it happen on that on that tree more than once mine wasn't the only one i've seen die to that but uh, i i wish i had better news aren't you glad aren't you glad you called i, I was just gonna verify it i, I, I figured it's uh, probably not gonna be too good no it's not good news the uh, the 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 bark will split uh, parallel to the sides of the of the of the branch or of the trunk, and then it will just ooze uh, sap from inside, and it will congeal. It's just it, it turns into a mess, and there's just okay. not much, much you can do. I'm sorry. That's time all right. Plant, time to plant another one somewhere else, a distance away from that one. Yeah, I got I got a couple of other plum trees planted, so there I'm you not going to be without a plum tree. Yeah, you're in business. Appreciate you. Okay, call. thank you much. Thank Steel. you. Neil. You bet. Have a good one. Let's go to Ken in San Angelo. Ken, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Neil. Hey, uh, I've got a native live oak tree that was generously planted by a squirrel. Good and job. It's about, it's about four and a half inches in diameter. It looks, it's real nice, got a good trunk on it. But it, every limb, that it looks more like a weeping willow than it does an oak tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones around it that were also planted by a squirrel are doing just fine. But this one, all the limbs want to point downward. And I constantly are trimming those out because they hit me in the head. <laughs> I understand. Uh, let me let me take a chance. I'm going to go out on the thin ice now and uh, uh, in July and, and tell you two other things that I very commonly observe on live oaks that look like yours. They generally have smaller leaves than other live oaks, and they uh, also are more prone to having root sprout suckers coming up under them. Either of those hold uh, true? I don't have any uh, uh, root sprouts at all. Good. Around this tree. Hallelujah. Not a single one. That's and, good news. Uh, it's, but the leaves, uh, they could be slightly smaller than the couple next to it right. that are within 20 feet of it. Ken, what happens with live oaks is that they are pollinated by wind. If you ever notice uh, when oaks are in bloom in the spring with the catkins, uh, you'll have a lot of pollen on your car and in in your nostrils. That's that's a bad week for Neil, and um, and and so you get a lot of cross pollination from other live oaks. Your tree now is contributing that gene to other live oaks around town. And so their acorns will yield a certain percentage will do the same that yours is doing. Mm-hmm. I, if I had to guess, I would say that 10 or 15% of our live oaks have that weeping habit. If you drive around okay. San Angelo and look at other live oaks that are apparently not uh, in a commercial landscape where they were bought from a, a nursery where they were selected, sure. uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of variation and you'll see that same weeping habit. It's not uncommon. Okay. I can't, I can't uh, help you. Just keep the pruning shears handy. 
Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. All I need to do is just keep pruning. Yeah, and ho- hopefully it'll look like a tree at some point. <laughs> it will look, look like a like a weeping willow the rest of its life. <laughs> All right, so it's it's going to stay that way. Okay, we are well, we are a land of uh, variety in in our people and are. in our in our live oaks. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that very much. Have a great day. Thanks for the call. Very much. Take care. All right. Uh, let me uh, let me uh, get a break in, and we'll go to Mary and Brenham. Mary, stay with me, please. Thank you for the call. I'm very grateful, folks, for your calls. That means a lot. I know that the questions are out there, and uh, it's just really nice when you call. 888-256-1080. We have those two lines open. If you'd like to refill them, I can get right to you. You see, it doesn't take very long. We can get to you. Let me tell you about my book. It is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And what do you what do you write? How do you how do you put a name on a book when you already have the complete guide to Texas gardening? Well, you just do it Lone Star Gardening. You want it to say Texas still because that's what I write for, and uh, and so I did that. I talked to my attorney. I said, first of all, can I write another book that is just about Texas gardening? He said, Neil, you have the copyright to the other one. You can do anything you want to. You can write another one complete guide if you want to he said i would advise you against it because it'll confuse people and i said well thank you i can do that and so that's why this book is totally different i didn't even look at the old book when i was writing this one didn't pick it up i i I did once or twice just to make sure i had not used a couple of photos that i had but this uh, book is entirely different. It has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening, things you have to know to, that will fit all the other 10 chapters. Chapter 2 is a calendar. I've never put a calendar of when to do things in a book before. It has a huge amount of information. I used to have a calendar in each of my annual Texas gardening calendar uh, uh, calendars. used to have a when to do things month by month, but it was nothing compared to this. This is 48 pages. It's a perpetual calendar, not a, not a calendar you write appointments on. Uh, so that's Chapter 2. Chapters 3 through 11 are incredibly detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. I decided early this year that for a limited time, I would put the book on sale at thirty six ninety five, And it's still there. I don't think it's going to be there much longer. Uh, I'd like to invite you to order it. And it makes a great gift. It makes a great uh, help to you. Uh, in being successful as a gardener in Texas, it's written for every county in the state of Texas. And it I, I identifies why Texas is unique in its uh, gardening experiences. So it's written for every, every part of the state from the west Texas, southwest Texas, all the way to the Piney Woods and from Amarillo clear to the Rio Grande Valley. So that's the book. It's not in stores. It's not on Amazon because they would have run the cost up another $20, only $36.95. And uh, I will sign your copy as I put it in the mail to you. You order it directly from my office or from my website. If you want to order it from my office, you call Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-GROW. Four seven six nine. The better way, though, is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. N e i l s p e r r y dot com. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll give you all of your money back. 
I've sold 80,000 copies, and I have not been asked to refund on any one of them. Again, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Mary and Brenham uh, dropped, the call dropped, maybe a cell phone signal was lost or something. She had some kind of a question about pruning crepe myrtles, but I don't want to tackle that unless uh, unless I don't have a, a choice. Uh, Jared kind of thinks he knows what she wanted, but I'd rather have her call back at 888-256-1080 so I can answer the, <laughs> the proper question. Uh, in the meanwhile, I'm going to answer uh, something that um, it comes up very frequently right about now on the balance of the summer. Uh, if Mary calls in, we'll go ahead and take her call right away. Um, now that it has turned hot and dry everywhere in Texas, you are going to begin to see trees dropping leaves. And there are going to be a lot of people who are very concerned about that. And, and occasionally, uh, with good right, uh, uh, merit, good reason. Uh, but in most cases, it's just going to be trees that are shedding some of the responsibility that they established back in the spring when it was raining and cool. And they said, hey, good times abound. I think I'm going to try to grow a bunch this year. And they put out a bunch of new leaves and a bunch of new growth. And all of a sudden, the, they hit the skids with the hot, dry weather. And they said, you, this is not exactly what I bargained for. I'm personifying just a little bit, have you noticed? And so they start shedding older leaves. That's your key. A lot of people say, oh, I better get some iron on this tree. The leaves are turning yellow. They're even coming off. Well, there are a couple of things that I can tell you of how to identify iron deficiency from uh, from a, a tree that's in distress for lack of uh, water. Um, if it's the older leaves, in other words, those that are farther down on a branch, closer to the roots, closer to the trunk, uh, if it's the leaves that were put out first in the growing season, in the spring, and if they're falling, neither of those applies to iron deficiency. If you have a shortage of iron and your tree is reacting to that, that will always manifest at the ends of the branches, the newest leaves, out right where the growing tips are. And those leaves don't fall. They turn yellow and they hang on. They'll be a lighter green than yellow with dark green veins. The veins will remain green the longest and they don't fall off. So those are some things that mostly it's, it's just a tree that is dropping leaves. The bigger the leaves on the, a given species like cottonwoods and fruitless mulberries, the more likely they are to drop a bunch of leaves. Silver maples are going to drop a bunch of leaves. Catalpas, oh my goodness. They drop leaves like it's going out of style. And, um, so just don't be alarmed by that. Just get a soaker hose, not drip irrigation for crying out loud, a soaker hose and, and just let it run for five or six hours. Set a timer to remind you, go turn that thing off and uh, soak it around the drip line, out around the, if it were an umbrella where the, the rain would be dripping off the umbrella. That's the drip line. And then a week or two later, do the same thing with the same soaker hose, but move the soaker hose to a slightly different uh, uh, configuration. That way you're going to hit a different set of roots. And you do that and have it running just at a good steady slow pace, not spewing water out, but just a good steady slow pace, and that tree will be fine. So that's 
That's my tidbit. Oh, and if you're if you're thinking about using those water bags around the trunk of a tree that's been in the ground for four or five years or longer, that is bunk. It's, that's a waste of money and a waste of hope. The roots that, that will keep that tree going are not right at the trunk of the tree. Oh, my goodness. They're out 5 or 10 or 25 feet. And those bags cost a lot of money, and that's just a waste of hope to put water up there. No roots up there. They're going to take the water to the tree. Maybe the first year, but it's easier just to put a hose out there. Do it old-fashioned way. It'll work fine. All right. Take my last break, and then I'll come back, and we'll see if we have Mary back, and I'll answer another question or two. So, uh, Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes out Thursday night from my computer to your email, and it uh, is as simple as that. You have to sign up for it. I don't just send it to every email address I can find in the state of Texas. We have about 80,000 people who have signed up for it, and it has a very high open rate. People say, this is this is fun. Thank you for this. eGardens has five stories. One of them is always a featured plant of the week. One of them is always gardening this weekend, where I point out the 12 or 15 things that are most critical for that weekend things you need to get done right then. And one of them is always the Q&A section where I have uh, expanded it very greatly and now answer uh, 10 or 12 questions that people have sent in. And, uh, and that has turned out to be a lot of fun. And then we have a couple of other stories as well. So that's Neil Sperry's eGardens. If you want to see what it looks like, go to my website, neilsperry.com. See, this is really a test to see how many times I can put my own name in, a, in an ad. Uh, but uh, that's where you sign up for it, and you can also see the most recent issue of Neil Sperry's eGardens. You uh, click on eGardens when you get there, and uh, then you can scroll down just a little bit, and you'll see where you sign up, and you also see the, the most recent issue. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on eGardens. Remember, it's free and always will be. I'll tell you about Mueller once again. I'm really proud to have them as an advertiser and and proud to tell you about them and and hope that you'll take a look. I hope you go to their website. I hope you'll consider doing business with them because they're good people, good Texans. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for more than 90 years, and now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard as well. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes. They start with 6 by 9 that's a small one, all the way up to the big 12 by 20 foot, uh, 21 foot ones. And they feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows. A Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. So don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a great Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com. M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-265. Uh, let me try that one again. 877-268-3553. One more time for good measure. 877-268-3553. MuellerInc.com. I have more after this message. 
All right, Kelly, thank you, sir, very, very much. Uh, Mary did not call back. Uh, I can only assume that she's out of range, headed somewhere. There are places that go out of range on cell phones. Um, she was asking about crepe myrtle trimming, and, and Jared thinks that she was talking about removing lower branches to uh, turn a crepe myrtle into a tree. It can go both ways. Let me just cover both of them. Uh, I will tell you that I've, I wrote the information that's on our website of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. I'm a founding member of that uh, foundation, that not-for-profit in my hometown of McKinney, northeast of Dallas, we are trying to establish the world collection of all the known varieties of crepe myrtles. We had a lot of them, had almost all. We were about six short when the great winter hit, and now we're about 15 short. But anyway, I wrote the, the page on, on pruning of crepe myrtles. Uh, if you have a plant that has been topped and mangled and, you know, anytime you top a crepe myrtle, you ruin its appearance. There's no, no two ways about it. That's just point blank, period. Uh, they need to be allowed to grow at their natural shape and form. If you have one that's too tall, it's hitting the eaves, move it. Put it over there somewhere where it can grow and not have to be disfigured. So anyway, but that's another issue. But if you have one that has been mangled by some prior homeowner, uh, cut it to the ground and let it regrow. And uh, you can go to that website, Crepe Myrtle Trails, C-R-A-P-E, CrepeMyrtleTrails.org, and click on Basic Care, and you'll see pruning, and uh, you can see how to retrain it. The first year, you leave seven or eight stems. The second year, you narrow it down to the three three or five that you're going to leave as the, the main trunks. I would encourage you not to do a single trunk. That That's really difficult. Anyway, that's how you do it if you're trying to remove it to, to be a, 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 a tree form. All crepe myrtles are basically shrubs, and you then start removing side branches on those trunks. The reason you leave some initially is because um, because the, the the young stems are very supple and very brittle, and they will crack and, and break off. And so they need to get some wood to them. They need to get some heft. And by the second year, they have that. Otherwise, a dog running through can break them off. Um, so we've covered not topping, and we've covered uh, the... Uh, removal of excess stems from down below then the third thing would be if you have damaged branches maybe damaged by the cold uh, you can always remove a dead branch or anything that has uh, had some kind of uh, injury uh, you can do that anytime during the year you can you can remove branches that rub against one another and are causing harm to another branch you can do that anytime during the year uh, just don't leave any stubs with the crepe myrtles when you prune make the cut virtually flush. You can leave just a tiny amount of the branch collar, an eighth of an inch or quarter inch, but don't uh, don't leave stubs an inch or too long. Um, so I think that covers uh, that part of it pretty well. Uh, what else, Jared? Are we about out of time? I think we are, aren't we? Did my clock? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, basically what uh, I think would cover everything that Mary needed. Uh, if you have plants that have semicircular holes cut out of their leaves, that's uh, the leaf cutter bee, B-E-E. 
Uh, it's a harmless insect. It doesn't do any damage to you. She takes those pieces of leaves back with her to her nest, which she's making in a, a gutter or a, a faucet that isn't run very often. She'll wad them all up and make a nest out of them. And uh, you don't find that until you turn on that faucet a month later, and all of a sudden that stuff blows out. Uh, she's only there for a moment or two cutting the the holes in the leaves and they'll always be right at the edge and they'll be semi-circular she'll cut a hole that's about 80 percent of a circle and it doesn't hurt the plants plants will come back just fine red buds uh, roses uh, a lot of different plants but don't worry about that it's just one of the marvels of nature so jared taylor has run the boards and kept the program on the on the air today and i hope you have a wonderful day stay cool take care of your plants Happy gardening.